Yeah. I mean, that that's the whole premise of my podcast is to help people become like the best adult that they can possibly be. And that can be anything from, you know, learning how your brain works and understanding like your thinking and feeling brain and, and how to how to work with your your brain in the most productive way or getting enough sleep. Or, you know, learning how to facilitate an argument in the best way, in the most productive way. So it's a really broad range of topics, but it all kind of helps you, like, improve your life, your relationships, your career, things like that. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Talkers. I have a special guest today. I have Hala Taha, and I think I got the name pretty right. Um, yep. <laughs> and... Uh, she uh, actually started out in radio production on the Angie Martinez show, um, later went to an entrepreneurial endeavor, building a huge blog site um, around the sorority of hip hop, which I thought was a really cool um, name and about 50 different bloggers in there. Uh, took a break from that, got an MBA, um, but today runs an awesome podcast um, called Young and Profiting. And uh, she interviews some amazing guests. And so I thought it would be really fun to have her on here to hear about how she's gotten to be so successful at such a young age and some of the advice that she'd be willing to give some of our young listeners. So welcome to the show, Hala. Excited to be here. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I guess one of the, one of the uh, first things I want to ask you is, you know, you've named your podcast Young and Profiting. And so mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? So young and profiting can mean a lot of different things. So I don't necessarily mean profiting financially. I mean profiting financially, professionally, um, in your social life, in your relationships. Um, it's profiting all around, just making sure that you're a successful person and the best human that you can be. Uh, you know what? I love that. And so that's one of the reasons that I want to do what I'm doing with Money Talkers is that I believe that um, if you know young people have the ability to choose what they're going to do as opposed to being stuck in a debt trap that they're going to have better uh, outcomes and be able to affect the world. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean that that's the whole premise of my podcast is to help people become like the best adult that they can possibly be. And that can be anything from, you know, learning how your brain works and understanding like your thinking and feeling brain and, and how to, how to work with your, your brain in the most productive way or getting enough sleep or, you know, learning how to facilitate an argument in the best way, in the most productive way. So it's a really broad range of topics, but it all kind of helps you like improve your life, your relationships, your career, things like that. Yeah. You know, one thing about thing about, about podcasts too, is that's an intentional learning. I mean, intentional listening. Right. And so how did you, so most people usually pick one medium, like there's usually like a 
some people like video, some people like audio, some people usually like writing. And you went from building a really successful blog into going into podcasting. Was that scary for you? It, um, it was a natural transition, actually. So just for some context for your listeners, I actually started my career in radio. So I started my career at Hot 97. I was Angie Martinez's assistant. She is the, was at the time like the number one personality in New York. She had the number one show in the world. And I was brought on as an intern at Hot 97. And I kind of like worked my way up as an intern to eventually become her like production assistant. And so I did that for three years. And really, um, at the same time, I would have like online radio shows to do my own thing and start to, to, you know, gain my skills in terms of becoming an online personality, sorry, an on air personality, because I essentially wanted to take over Angie Martinez's job. That was like my dream, right? So I would do all these side online radio shows. And even when I had my blog site, we had online radio shows. So we were the sorority of hip hop. And at the same time, we would interview celebrities on our radio show and like promote it on our blog. And we had entertainment news um, supporting that. And so it was really more than just a website. It was more of like an event planning slash um, online radio show. It was like a movement. Um, so we did the blog, we did online radio shows, and then we used to host events and concerts. So, so it awesome. was it was like multiple things. So the on the um, on air stuff, the radio aspect of my career has always been there for me since I was like nineteen. Ah, uh, that's that's so fun. And so how did you um, how did you get into that? Like, how did you get to the be be an intern? And how did you? I mean, you're going after what you're talking about, the number one radio show in the world. Like, what what were? How did you have the guts to go after that? Yeah. So that was probably my biggest break as, as a young person. I would say before that I was pretty average. Like I did cool stuff. I was great at singing. I was, you know, in plays and, and had like solos at the concert and stuff, but I was never like this, like amazing, like a student, or I don't think people would have realized like how successful I would have been later on in life. Like looking back at like me as like 17 or 18, I was pretty average. Right. Um, so I think what, made me stand out at hot 97 is because I was so willing to work hard. Like I would do anything. I would, I would feed the meters for the DJs. I would bring them the coffee in the morning. I would go there two hours early and make sure that I had all my work done. I would be running across in the studio, making sure that like everybody got their stuff on time, like literally running. Um, and I was just such a hard worker. And so I think they noticed that. And I, I really loved what I was doing and I gave it my all. And so I think they just kept giving me chances. Um, and eventually actually dropped out of college temporarily to continue this dream at Hot 97. And so I think, you know, really long story short, I, I just really tried my best and I, I worked really hard when I was given that opportunity. And there was some like... Um, prerequisites, I guess. I, I joined, you know, my, my college radio. That was literally the first thing I, I did in college was like get involved with college radio. And so that gave me like the little prerequisite to get this internship. Um, but really it was once like I got my foot in the door cause I wasn't even on the studio side. I ended up like be having like the coolest job in the whole station, which was basically being like for my age, like it was to like be like an assistant for an actual personality, you know? So um, it was hard work. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I love the fact you just talk about taking action. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, uh, that's not for me. You just kind of took it and ran with it, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just like I got my foot in the door and then I just 
tried my best and networked and, you know, went above and beyond. Like I said, I would get coffee. I would feed the meters. I would, I would just do anything. I would, I would go to the events after work with the DJs and, and, you know, work on showcases with the DJs after work. And I just made it my life. I made it, I made them know that I was really, you know, into it and, you know, dedicated. Yeah. And so how did you step from, you know, pushing that hard in your career and then step back and go back to school? Did you find that hard to do? Yeah. I mean, it was a natural transition because at some point at Hot 97, like I said, I was an intern. I was an unpaid intern. And even though I had the responsibilities of a full-time employee, I ended up actually dropping out of school so I could work at Hot 97 full-time without being paid. That's how much I loved the job and how much I wanted it. Um, I did that for almost a year and a half of, of full-time, dropped out of school, not getting paid. And then at some point I, you know, went to Angie Martinez and I was like, I need to start getting paid or I need to go back to school. Like I need to figure out my life because, you know, I thought that this would lead into a full-time job. And like, so far you guys have not offered me a full-time job. And, um, so, you know, one thing led to another and I didn't get a job there. And I was like, okay, I need to go back to school. And at that point, it was actually a blessing in disguise because previous to that, I was not that great of a student. I was into a lot of um, extracurricular activities, but I really wasn't that great of a student. Um, but then when I went back to school, I was mature enough and I ended up getting like straight A's. And my senior year in college, when I went back is when I started my blog site. Mm. So that's, that's actually pretty interesting because like you said, you're, um, when you went back in, you kind of took it more serious, right? It was purposeful. You know, I know when I got yeah. to college, it was kind of like, ah, I'm supposed to be here. Like, it's not, you know, as, long as, like, it, as long as I can get through, I'll be okay, right? Yeah, it, it meant a lot more at that point because yeah. I was like, okay, well, this is, um, you know, it didn't work out when I tried to drop out, right? And now I need to make sure I have good grades so that I can get a good job. <laughs> so <laughs> it meant a lot more. And so when you went back to school, what did you get your MBA in? Um, I went back to school actually just to finish undergrad and then I got my MBA in global strategy. Global strategy. Yeah. That was after the blog site, after MTV, everything. That was a, a few years after. That's a cool, that's MBA. a cool, uh, subject. You know, a lot of people have a, an MBA. Global strategy. Global strategies. <laughs> it's fancy. <laughs> taking over the world. <laughs> that's what pops in my head is like, just, um, this is how I'm going to take over the world, you know? That's awesome. Um, and so what do you do currently? So right now I work full-time at Disney streaming services. I'm a marketing operations manager and I head up their lifecycle email strategy. So that means anybody who subscribed, I coordinate the messages for email in app and push messages. So it's a, it's a marketing job. And so far I've had, I have about like nine years of corporate marketing experience in total. So I'm doing it for a while. I mentioned to my daughter, I said, I'm going to interview somebody. I said, I'm doing the podcast today with somebody that's, uh, on, that has Disney uh, streaming. And she was like, what? Because she's, <laughs> she's like, you always get the coolest people. And so she's like, we were watching so a lot cute. of that being in lockdown. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, I have Young and Profiting Podcast. That's my passion side hustle. Yeah. Uh, my second job. I have two jobs. So um, you kind of led into one thing I want to ask you about. So, uh, you know, we, and, and I want to talk about side hustles, right? And so okay. you sound like somebody who's very driven, right? And so you've actually had multiple avenues too at such a young age. And so, um, you know, what do you think that it has helped you to be successful in each one of those kind of different avenues? Because a lot of people say like, well, I'm not, I don't have the skill set maybe, or I don't have the education in that, if they wanted to pivot. And it sounds like you've pivoted a few times. 
Yeah. What do you think has been the one thing that's been able to carry you to success at each one of those avenues? I think it's because I'm not afraid to learn something new and I'm not afraid to learn on my own. A lot of people, they wait for like a mentor to teach them something. They wait to take a course. They wait to get guidance. I just like do it. I, um, when I wanted to start my website, it was right after I didn't get that job at Hot 97 and I was, I had no idea how to create a website. I Googled it. I learned and I created a website. I had no idea how to recruit bloggers. I had no idea how to blog. I learned how to blog. I taught the bloggers how to blog. I recruited the bloggers. Like, you know what I mean? So I just learned how to do stuff. Same thing with like, nobody taught me how to podcast. Podcasting is a relatively new thing. I didn't take a podcasting course. I didn't get a mentor to teach me how to podcast. I just, you know, looked up articles. One thing led to another. I experimented. I tried things and now I'm like a podcasting guru, you know, and I know like people come to me for advice and, you know, so I think it's just about like being open to learning new things and not depending on other people for that knowledge and realizing that in the age of the internet, everything is out there for you. And you really just need to, you know, spend the time and be dedicated to actually learning that new skill and everything is achievable. Most things that you do, like, um, I mean, unless you're like a rocket scientist, it's, you know, online and pretty easy to learn and find. So there's nothing that should really scare you in terms of like taking a, a new career pivot. Um, and the other thing is that as you gain experiences, you can take those experiences and apply those skills in other areas. So for example, I did like radio production and it was focused on music and hip hop. And now I do a business podcast, but there's still some things that I can carry over. Like, for example, I know how to audio edit. I know how to produce a show, even though it's not the same topic. I know how to create a good flow and a framework. Um, and so it's just like using your skills in different ways and applying it in a new way and then also not being afraid to learn. No, I love that because, you know, for me, it's imperfect action beats perfect inaction, right? So you didn't know how to do it. And I'm assuming that you probably weren't the best at it in the whole world the first time you tried to do it, right? But totally. it doesn't stop you because the second you start trying and you start learning, you start figuring out what not to do, right? Exactly. Yep. You know, and that's, um, I think a lot of people uh, discount that they say, I don't know, I don't know how to do it, but what you really need to do is a lot of times is learn what not to do along, yep. the, along the road, right? Mm -hmm. So completely uh, agree. Yeah. And so it's, I think that's a really fascinating subject of being able to just like, because it's been such a wide variety, uh, variety of different things that you're talking about, but they also do kind of tie in, you know, like you mentioned yes. audio editing. I didn't know anything about audio editing and I launched a podcast and then I audio edit because I watched enough Pat Flynn YouTube videos to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I had to learn audacity and all this fun stuff that I didn't know anything about. And I got a, mm -hmm. I, and I remember being um, Sega for Orlando. So there's a place called full cell there that does, you know, like a lot of kind of that kind of training. And I'm like, dude, I just got a full cell degree in like 24 hours. You know, I can audio edit at least, Badly. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, know? everything is everything is learnable. You know, there's not many things that are that like you can always learn something new. People shouldn't be scared of that. No, I agree. And I see. Um, so in your podcast, I know that you get a lot of uh, you know, high profile guests. Um, you know, CEOs. I think billionaires. Like, there's some really big people. Uh, yeah. To go after, and you've been able to uh to get on the show. And so, um, you know, how how have you done that? So mostly it's been through LinkedIn outreach and also through email outreach. And I would say that it, it all like that was 
pre-planned having big guests. That wasn't something that I decided one day like, oh, I'm going to just shoot for the stars. That was from day one. So my first guests were Dory Clark and Dr. Jack Schaefer. They're both like best-selling authors. And so from the start, I thought, you know, I'm going to keep my guests very high caliber so that other high caliber guests feel like, oh, this is a show for my, that my peers have been on. And so I think it'd be a good fit for me. So even when I didn't have the downloads that would, you know, that you would normally require for bigger guests because they saw like, oh, my buddy is on that podcast. Let me jump on that podcast. So it was just like a spiral effect. So I made sure from day one that I had big guests. And I'm very picky about my, my guests. I get, you know, maybe 10 people a day asking to come on my podcast. And I usually have to say, no, I'm sorry. Like I have like a very specific strategy and targets for, for this quarter or whatever in terms of my guests. Um, but I, I've grew, grown a following on LinkedIn. So that's been my made like magnet in terms of guests. They see how much engagement I get on my posts. Um, these days I'm getting anywhere from like 300 to 1500 likes on a post like 10,000 views to like 200,000 views on a post. So my stuff is, is getting a lot of traction. And so um, they see that and they're, they're very interested in, in that real engagement and community that I've built. Um, and so usually I ask them to connect on LinkedIn. I let them know something brief about my podcast. Like, hey, I'm Hala. I run a top 10 how-to podcast on Apple Podcasts. I've had guests like Robert Green, Naveen Jain, Chris Voss, Mark Manson. Um, would love to have you on my show. If they accept, then I go ahead and give them a little bit more detail about my show. And I ask them to provide their best email. And then I take it from there with my assistant to get them scheduled. The other way that we do it is um, you can actually scrape emails off LinkedIn. So if somebody that I'm targeting is actually not a connection of mine and has not accepted my friend request, you can actually find out their email from LinkedIn. And so we'll try that way and I'll email them and give them some information and hopefully they respond. The other way is to look for people's assistants. Mm. And so I try to find those assistants on LinkedIn and then reach out to them and work through their assistant. So the gatekeeper. <laughs> yes, the gatekeepers are really important. Um, but yeah, the most effective way is just trying to get noticed on LinkedIn with them. And, and either that's me commenting on their posts and asking my fans to like that comment, or there's multiple ways that I do it, but it's mostly just trying to get their attention. So I noticed you're very uh, into on, um, on LinkedIn as a social platform. And so how, why did you decide on LinkedIn as kind of your medium to go after? Yeah, I, I spent equal time at first on LinkedIn and Instagram. And LinkedIn is where I was gaining my traction. And I'm a big believer of putting my chips on what's working. And so I essentially just like cut Instagram completely and put all my chips on LinkedIn because that's where I felt like I was getting the most traction and organic reach. And so I think it was mostly consistency. I started out when I first, um, first of all, I have tons of social media experience. So I used to do like company, I used to run like HP's page. Um, I ran a festival page. Like I've ran maybe 10 social media accounts that weren't mine in the past. So I had that like background, but I never did it for my own self on LinkedIn specifically. And so I got to start with a blank slate. And I think that really helped me on LinkedIn because it was like, it went from like, me never posting to me being super professional and posting every day. Um, so 
that quickly helped me like grow a following and I, I was just super consistent. And then the other piece that I think made me stand out on LinkedIn is because I purposely made my brand really bright and vibrant. Mm. And I use like animated cartoons and really bright colors and, and, and um, bold patterns. And I don't think many people were doing that on LinkedIn. And so even before I was, you know, I, I, now I'm always on video on LinkedIn, but at first I wasn't, I was really like behind the camera and, and everything was like animated cartoons and, and bold pictures and things like that. And it just caught people's attention and, and it just caught on. It's a bit more of a pattern breaker, right? In the LinkedIn world than it is for, uh, you know, the sea of Instagram. Is that kind exactly. of exactly? In Instagram, it's it's harder to stand out. And also, I think that it's a lot more mature as a social platform. And in general, um, if you're not in an engagement pod or, um, you know, pushing ads on Instagram, it's very hard to get noticed right now, whereas LinkedIn is organic um, in terms of becoming an influencer. And I didn't, I wasn't a part of any engagement pods. I literally was just like focused on good content and engaging with my community. If somebody commented on my post, I would comment back. I was DMing people and copying and pasting DM messages one by one, um, gaining my listeners one by one, getting a community one by one and, and slowly but surely word of mouth happened. And then I didn't have to necessarily do that anymore. It was just happening by itself. That's really cool. And so that's, um, you know, one of the things that sounds like you just kind of took the bull by the horn and ran with it and it didn't, there weren't barriers for you, right? Like you just, it wasn't like you needed a hundred thousand dollars to start this LinkedIn profile no. to get going. And you know what I mean? So, um, I, I like the fact that that's very relatable of like, okay, you can just take this and start to start to produce. Right. Yeah. So there's earned, there's earned traffic, there's purchase contract uh, traffic, and there's traffic you own um in, in those scenarios and so like if you're listening to this and your kids you know want to you know build things yeah it's a little tough in facebook and it's really tough on instagram uh to build um but i think that for me linkedin is a is a much more wide open and professional place totally to, to work in and, and and i think that the comments and um I would imagine that the comments and the and the and the type of traffic that you're driving is also quite a bit more high quality. I agree. And LinkedIn is one of the only communities that is like pretty much bot free. On Instagram, it's like you really don't know what's real or fake. You know, a lot of people buy their followers, a lot of people buy their likes, buy their comments. You really don't know what's real or fake. And on LinkedIn, it's it's pretty transparent. If you go on somebody's page and they have a hundred thousand followers and two likes on their posts, you know that they bought their followers. But in 99% of the cases, it's like their engagement matches their following and it's all organic and it's real and the people are real. And so your leads and connections and future friends and clients are real. Yeah. And I think too, with it being a professional, um, more of a professional audience, I wouldn't say it's all professional, but I would say, well, a lot more of a professional audience um, is probably a good place to have your kids working and building themselves and the brands up because as you mentioned, you know, yeah. it's really about who you, your network I was going to determine your net worth when you're talking to getting out in the world and building mm -hmm. businesses or building brands, if that's what you want to go into entrepreneurship side of it. But also if you're looking for jobs, it totally. is a wonderful place to build a network because those are the, if you, if you want a professional job, go where the professionals are. Yeah. I've never felt more secure in my life after building my LinkedIn community, because now I feel like at any point in my life, I could become an entrepreneur. I get opportunities left and right. People asking me to do freelance gigs for them. People asking me 
like if I'm interested in a job. And it's because I've got so much traction on my LinkedIn page and people see the consistency and the high quality work that I produce and like they're willing to hire me. And I never had that before. And it's, it's really nice to know that like, even if I leave Disney, I'll always still have my LinkedIn community. Like it, it comes, it goes with me. I own it. My company doesn't own it. It's something that I built myself. So I think that's also really important to know is that like when you have a following, when you have a network that stays with you, um, no matter what career choice you go on to next. Well, you know, I like to tell people when they talk about, well, they want to go into entrepreneurship and I say, well, have you tried it as a side hustle yet? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. have you tried, if you're not, if you're not willing to work 40 hours and, you know, we'll, we'll use it as a ballpark, but like, if you're not willing to work 40 hours and then put in time afterwards as an entrepreneur trying to build something as a side hustle, you're probably not ready to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because you, when you go in there, it's all hustle. Like there's no, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no paycheck that shows up on Friday unless you've already built something. And I think it's amazing that what you're doing is you've kind of built a security blanket, but also you're going to have opportunities come to you as opposed to you having to go seek out opportunities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what's happening now. Like I've seen that shift in the last like three months. It's like, I'm overwhelmed with like people asking me if I can work on something. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't have the time, but it's really nice to know that I could stop working at Disney and like have all these jobs lined up for me. Um, in addition to working on my podcast and building that. So. Yeah, that's really cool. And that becomes an attraction as opposed to just a, a, a fear of like, okay, well, if the nine to five stops, what am I going to do? But you've exactly. already kind of insulated yourself with multiple streams. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. That's a really cool thing. And that's, I think that's a really big kind of takeaway um, is that when you're tied to one um, income stream, like you are going to live in fear and you're going to miss, yes. I think you're going to miss opportunities that way. Right? I think it's a huge risk nowadays to just have a nine to five job. Like I'm so thankful that I have my podcast and that I have this like lead generating tool because just to be transparent, I don't think you're going to be, people are going to, you're not going to become a millionaire as a podcaster. Like if that's no, all you're doing, yeah. you need to, you need to like drive somebody to a product. But I love the fact that I've had, I have an audience now I have a lead generator. And if I ever want to start pushing a product or a service, I have the perfect avenue to do that. And I, I do that somewhat now, but I, I can really turn it on and ramp it up whenever I want. So yeah, it's a good you, thing to have. you know, I like to talk about things like, like with credit, right? When people are trying to buy something they're like, Oh, well, you know, I'll, they, they have these opportunities to come down the road and then they can't do it because a, their credit isn't strong enough. Right. And I hear this from mm -hmm. people. I'm like, Oh, I, I can't do it. My credit's not strong enough. I'm like, how do I make my credit better? It's like, you can't do it now. You needed to do it like the last like two years, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Or like something like what you're talking about is like, you've built the audience. Like you've already, you've already put in the preparation. And so when the right opportunity comes along, you're going to strike and it'll be, it'll be fantastic because you've already built, you've done the hard work and built the audience. Totally. And now my customers are coming to me. They're telling me what I need to start my business doing because yeah. they're asking me like, Hey, can you do podcasting consulting? Hey, can you run my marketing for me? And it's like, okay, well, that's what the people want, you know? And so- yeah. Why not? The reason I kind of bring that up is like, it's better to just get it started and you not, not know what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Like I said, you're going to find the mistakes and you're going to start making the mistakes along the road and be like, Oh wow, that was pretty cringy. And you know, like, I've done the same thing a lot of times. Like this is all totally new for me uh, in the personality world because in the business world, I can walk right in and say, okay, X, Y, Z, you know, this is what we need to do with the business. Kind of like you do it. You can do it with the marketing plan. Yeah. Sure. Like once you've seen it, once you've done it for eight years, like, you know, corporate marketing plans are probably not real complex to you. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but the, the trick is, is like, you know, now, uh, is just pulling the bandaid off and like starting to build your audience and starting to find your voice 
is uh, you have to start. Like you can't just go from zero to 100. Yeah. And there's multiple ways that you can do that. You can either you're an expert and you're an expert in the field or you're finding experts and you're getting the nuggets of information from them. Like there's, there's multiple ways you can do it. The key is that you need to just provide value. It can't be like off the bat selling anything. You need to actually provide value that your audience is interested in learning. Uh, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I think that if you start with a, I don't know how to say that, but if you start with a good intention, you know, mm -hmm. I believe in intentions yeah. a lot and not trying to, not trying to manufacture the uh, outcome, exactly. but, but, but the intention of the audience building so that you're providing and you're helping people. It, that's, I think, how you're going to build an audience in that kind of scenario. 100% agree. Awesome. Um, well, I think this is where we're going to hop off. So I want to do um, the uh, high impact series with you, but um, for right now, if uh, the Money Talker audience is looking for more information on what you do. Where is the best place to kind of check you out? I'm, I've got a guess on where I think two places might be, but <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll let you introduce. <laughs> well, you can uh, find more information on me on youngandprofiting.com. My website's currently under construction, but hopefully by the time you release this, it will be back on live. We're giving it a, a nice revamp. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. I'm also on Instagram at Yap with Hala. And I think those are the main places. If you want to check out Young and Profiting Podcasts, we're on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeart. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll find us. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check out the podcast. There's so many good interviews in there. So I want to say thanks for coming <laughs> on and being on the Money Talkers with me. It was fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers Community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram, at The Money Talkers, for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker